Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday, a podcast where we really talk about what it's like to live the Christian life. My name is Jonathan Sands, and I'm here with Pastor Mike from Image Church. Pastor Mike, we had a question come in from actually a member of our church, and I think this would be really good to address um, on this forum. And the question is this, how in general conflict, so we're not talking about biblical conflict, but Mm -hmm. general conflict happens, how do we stand up for ourselves, but also hold to what Jesus taught, where we turn the other cheek, we're gracious, we're loving, we're kind, but how do we also still stand up for ourselves? Yeah, I think one of the first things to assess in this is, is it a hill to die on? Right. And so what I mean by that is, what is the weight of the conflict? I think we've got to evaluate this. There's some some conflict that's more intense than other conflict. There's some things that are more uh, personal, um, you know, that, that can hit home a lot harder. You know, hills that you're like, man, I really need to fight for this. Now, I know we're talking about general conflict, but I think there's always implicit wisdom in Scripture that we can um, lay over things like general conflict that maybe though it's not biblical, it's general. I think we can still take uh, premises on that. And so when we're talking about hills to die on, I think we need to be mindful of what does the Bible show us that uh, are hills for us to die on? And I think, you know, when it comes to things like, you know, personal safety or personal convictions based on the Word of God, um, and these things are infringing on that, you know, you have freedom to be able to discuss those things. So I think it's, I just say that because I think it's important to evaluate, like, how big is this hill really when it comes to this general conflict? Yeah. So what if the hill is like nothing? Like it's, it's right. not really anything. So for take, for example, you know, many people have conflicts over, Maybe you're getting married around the same time of year. Maybe it's, hey, I wanted to be at this look. I wanted to go out to dinner here, you know, or, hey, we thought we had plans on this day. Like just stupid conflict that shouldn't happen, but yet is happening. So with regards to that specific type of general conflict, how do believers be loving, but also like if someone's making up stories or making up conflict to try to... um uh, disparage you? Like, how do you stick up for yourself? Yeah. I mean, I think those situations, there's, there's freedom, um, to be able to state where you're at. And I think you can do it in a way that's loving. So you can even be angry. I mean, scripture tells us in your anger, do not sin. You can be angry at an offense against you, or maybe it's not even a a quote unquote offense or sin is involved, but it's more of a man. People are, uh, coming at you with a perspective or an opinion. I think you have the freedom to be able to be, you know, upset, frustrated, whatever, and convey those feelings in a way, um, that's loving. So it's you're not attacking the person, but hey, the way that I'm typically the, the good good tools to, to walk through this is I'm experiencing what you're saying this way. Hey, the way this is coming across to me is this. So it's not accusatory. It's very much here's where I'm at in this. And so, man, it feels like, you know, you really wanted to go eat at this place and you're really upset about this. Um, man, I, I don't want that to be the case, but the majority of the group really wanted to go over here. So we just thought it would be best to be able to do this. Now you can't control, and this is a big piece, you can't control how they respond to that. So when you lovingly present where you are, kind of what you're feeling, what you're thinking, you can't control how they receive that. You can control how it's delivered, and I think it's very important um, that you make sure the delivery is there, but you can't control how they receive it. So once they receive it, if they receive it in a hostile manner and they do want to be argumentative, um, one of the things that Scripture does talk about is not not being arguing, like not argu- not being argumentative, excuse me, and not arguing with one another perpetually. Right. So I think in those moments, it could be like, hey, this seems like it's a way bigger issue to you than maybe it is to me, and that may be the disconnect there, and so I want to hear out what you're saying, but I want to make sure you understand, like, I'm not uh, attacking you, and, and I would honestly appreciate the same courtesy from you that you don't you don't seek to attack me as well. So you want to try to disarm the situation if at all possible. What if like you try to do that and they continually display that they want to arm the situation and like they they are they're not having it that you try to continually disarm and you know you're saying hey my intentions are not what you're telling what you and what you feel what you're saying 
you know, I want to hear you out. But their continual response is no, like, that's not true. You're lying. Like you are intending to hurt me. Like how as a believer, do you one, like that just as a believer, it grieves you. Cause you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Right. I'm trying not to, I'm trying to handle this, this situation like Christ would. But yet at the same time, being righteously angry at the, at the false accusation that is being had there, how would you balance that situation if you've done what you just said mm-hmm. and their response coming back is to be hostile? I think uh, first, before you begin to, to kind of defend your, your own character, because um, it's obviously hard when your character's attacked. That's right. a personal thing. And at that point, they've taken it now to a personal level. That's really hard. I think you can try to acknowledge that at some point. But before doing that, I would ask some questions like, why do you feel that way? Or help me understand where you're coming from. Because again, I always want to assume the posture of humility, not pride. And so a a humble posture says, let me consider your interest greater than my own. Paul says this to the church in Philippi. And so how do I, let me, let me really try to see your interest and see if there maybe is something that I'm missing. Uh, Because we don't want to drive a stake in the ground if we're not clear on what actually is going on. And so I think asking those questions of why do you feel that way? uh, I mean, why is this striking a chord? You're really trying to unpack, like, how do you feel like I came across that way? And genuinely listening to hear, like, was there actually error on my side that I need to repent for or apologize for, or man, I I could see why you're frustrated. And any way that you can meet them in it, I think you try to meet them there. So long as I'm not saying compromise your your character, your stance, but if it's like, man, I I actually could see how that came across this way or maybe why you felt this way. Um, So I think navigating that on the front end, and then if they continue to press at that point and they're uh, unwilling to kind of have a a cordial conversation, I think there's freedom to say, hey, you know what? This doesn't, doesn't really seem like it's going anywhere. And, um, you know, I want you to know that I love you. I care about you. Uh, but I don't know that it's worth dying on this hill. And, and I, I've tried to hear you out. I've tried to listen. We're at a place where we just have a disagreement here. It's not a sin issue per se. And so I think, you know, one of the examples we get of this is with Paul and, uh, and when he parts ways, right? Like there's a whole thing there where, um, you know, him and, and Barnabas, they have a disagreement and it's like, man, we're going to, um, we're going to go separate ways. And, and they do. And there's no, I mean, now we see the back end was kind of cool where it all kind of comes to fruition, but like there wasn't like a sin there. Like they parted ways and, and yeah, they and just ministry. had a disagreement of who they wanted to bring. Right. Right. And, and there was merit for that. Paul had just, you know, he had been abandoned. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't want to bring it, you know. So again, it's not a sin issue. It was just, I mean, it was a personal preference. There was a loyalty piece there, but we do see there's freedom to part ways in disagreement. And a lot of times we we struggle with that because we're like, well, there's got to be, you know, what does reconciliation look like in the right. midst of that? Um, there wasn't anything necessarily there with Paul and Barnabas to potentially be reconciled. It was like, I feel this way, you feel this way, we're just going to go two different ways. But there wasn't, Scripture didn't show us any animosity or hostility or anything like that. So I think trying to mitigate any hostility or animosity before you part ways, but I think there's a freedom to walk away and say, hey, because I love you, I just don't think it's helpful to continue the conversation. Now, you got to be mindful, if you play that card too early, it's, it makes it sound like you're silencing them or shutting them down. Right. But I do think there's a point where it's like, hey, we're just not getting anywhere. Yeah, like so after, after say like, a few weeks or months of like going back and forth and realizing that this is just not going anywhere. Like there is freedom to be like, okay, I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And I would say if it goes on that long, you know, man, my, my concern would be what's really at the heart of that. Like w- what could possibly, that's not a sin issue cause that much uh, amount of disgruntled, you know, attitude towards somebody. And so it would make me very curious to go like, almost like what's really going on? Because it seems like this could be a straw man or a smoke screen for something deeper in you that maybe I need to, you know, put my defensiveness of uh, aside again, considering your interests more than my own and saying, man, if it's that big of a deal and it's going on that long, is there, is there something else going on, you know, that's there? And then I would say the other piece is obviously praying for that person. 
you know, uh, Scripture talks about pray for those that persecute you, and I, and I think, um, n- not that we want to label this persecution, but that's the most extreme end, so obviously in a more right. cordial end, uh, we want to practice prayer, and I will say this, when you pray for somebody that you're frustrated at, it tends to really reshape your heart in a lot of ways. No, that's really good. So what if there is a deeper sin issue that you can, maybe you don't have full confirmation on for the other person that is um, being hostile towards you, but that you could gather that maybe there's some sort of um, jealousy or there's some sort of um, hatred or some sort of underlying sin issue that like, obviously you're not going to be able to call out in them. How would, would that change your approach with that person? Would it change how you address them in, in this situation or would it further quicken your kind of decision to walk away? I think this is where community comes into a vital play. And this is why in our church, and we're talking about kind of our context, why community groups are important, because you can help bring this to the group and say, help us navigate this and help us both see potential blind spots that exist here and help mitigate this. So I think leaning into other people to have that conversation, if you're not getting anywhere, is a great next step. Also seeking wise counsel in between times. So if you're like, man, I've got these conversations, let me lean into somebody that's older, wiser, more mature, that's navigated these issues. Again, you don't want to go and gossip, you know, but it's like, hey, help me. Uh, help me have some wisdom and how to engage in this conversation in the most loving way. So that's actually a really good point. That's something adjacent to this that I think a lot of Christians and I've heard struggle with. And that is when talking about situations where there's conflict and you want godly counsel, how do you bring that to your counsel without gossiping? Or how do you know that you're not gossiping when you're just trying to give the context of the situation to get advice? Yeah, that's good. I think facts are always your friend. In other words, you're just adhering to the facts of what happened. You're not making character accusations of the person. You're not saying things behind their back that slanders them, which are lies about their character. You are simply stating facts. And so when you go to get wise counsel, you're saying, here's the facts. This is what was said. This is what happened. This is how they felt or how they responded. This is how I felt, how I responded. Help me have some insight into this. So I think that's a very important question that deserves um, a, a very important listen to, to say what we don't want to do is create these environments where you go and you're like, oh, so-and-so, and you just start gossiping to right. your quote-unquote wise counsel <laughs> yeah. and just unloading on them when it's like you're, you really don't want wise counsel. You just need a place to vent in an unhealthy way, right? And there's healthy venting, which is like, hey, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm frustrated. It's, it's you-focused. There's unhealthy venting, which is them-focused, which is about other people, and you're just using it as an outlet. And I think a lot of times in Christian circles, we, we kind of— um, couch gossip under, I just need to vent. And I think you got to be really, really careful with that for sure. That question's come up a lot just in situations I've been in and situations where friends of mine have been in. And that question just comes up of how do you navigate the two? Because there is that healthy desire that you do want wise counsel, but you also, you know, when it's, when it's gossip and it's not. And so helping people navigate that, that line going back to, to the conflict piece though. So in that situation, you would say, or, or how would you describe navigating that if you suspect that the other person maybe is an, there is an underlying sin issue there? I think it's one of those things where you say, listen, uh, we're not getting anywhere. Um, this has been a challenge. And so I think we should bring a couple of other people into the conversation. Um, not so it's a, a you versus me per se, but like helping us see this in different perspectives. Cause right now it's very, um, you know, uh, objective and subjective. And we need some people to come in and who are outside of this whole thing and who can kind of speak to it specifically and say like, Hey, you said this. And you know, I, I could see how this come across that way. And so I think just asking for permission to say, look, it, you know, I desire to, to get to a place where this is no longer an issue. I, I think the only way forward is if we could bring one or two other people in and help us think through this. What's the best way to do that in the sense of, so for example, if there's two parties in conflict, 
Is the best way to try to find some middle person that seems unrealistic? Or is it to try to say, you know, hey, each person bring a representative with them? Like, how does that work? Do you kind of get a almost a, a pseudo lawyer in the sense that you can bring in each party brings an advocate, like an a, adult to the table to a certain extent? Like, how, do, how, how would you advise for that? I think in our context, I can't speak to all, but I would say in our context, what I would highly recommend is sitting down with your community group leader. Um, and you're in the co-leader, either it's a husband and a wife or a leader and a co-leader and just saying, Hey, look, we, we are, we, we can't come to terms. There seems to be this, this gap here. And what we don't want, cause this is the goal. And I think you got to keep this in front. What we don't want is divisiveness or bitterness, right? We don't want those things in our heart. So we do want to find some sort of revolution resolution to this nonsense issue problem that we have. Can you help us as we walk through this? And, you know, maybe reveal some blind spots that we're not seeing. Or honestly, and this is what that environment creates, if they're sitting down with me and it's a two-week thing, it's a non-issue, that's not a heel to die I'm like, hey guys, this is just not a, a healthy argument. Like, this is actually just dumb. And you just don't need to be arguing over this. Like, you're being petty. And sometimes you just need to be called out and called up, right? That you're just like, hey, this is childish. At some point, you know, the little boy or the little girl has to sit down and the little boy, I mean, excuse me, and the man and the woman have to stand up. Like, at some point, you kind of grow out of childlike um, you know, disagreements. And sometimes that's just got to be called out in you. And again, I think it's the beauty of community and why we need people around us to help us see those, those gaps. Okay. What about if say you are the person that's being accused of say a childlike pettiness or whatever, but you're not like realistically in, in this fake scenario, like you are a hundred percent innocent, but you have someone not in your church, maybe their family, maybe they're just friends who don't go to church with you. Maybe they call themselves Christians, who knows, but they're accusing you of some sort of pettiness and they're coming at you being hostile. How would you handle that situation in the sense of obviously still going to community group leaders saying, Hey, will you help guide us through the situation? But in that, in that regard, like they're not in your community group, like they're not in the, your right. community group. They may not be in your church. Maybe, sure. like I said, maybe they're distant family, maybe they're distant friends, but they're still coming at you, accusing you of, doing something with malintent that you honestly didn't do, nor do you intend. And you've gone through all the proper steps of asking your community for advice, asking your community group leaders, Mm -hmm. you know, asking your church, and you're still at a place where anything you say is being construed as you're being hostile. At that point, what do you do? Yeah. Scripture says a gentle word turns away wrath. And so I think in those moments, it's like keeping hot coals on your enemy's head, which is a thing of, you know, it's like it reverse effect, you know? And so I think in those moments, um, it's, Hey, you try to meet them with with empathy. Try to get man. I I, I see that you're upset. Acknowledge their feelings. Um, acknowledge the fact that man. I recognize you're upset. I, I see that you're um, even angry at this. Um, I'm sorry that that's a reality. I, I'm sorry that this is the way we're seeing things. It doesn't seem like we're moving anywhere. And so I just want you to know I have no in, Ill, Ill intent toward you. I have no animosity toward you, and that needs to be true. Uh, but I just don't that think it's healthy to continue this conversation. And so it just be better at this point to let it just drop to the ground. And again, I think that the gentle answer that turns away wrath is on the front end where you, you really are trying to meet them where they are. You're really trying to hear them. You're really trying to understand them, but you're lovingly and gently disagreeing or pulling back or pulling away from uh, the situation. Because at some point, you know, it just leads down a road that's unhealthy that just leads to just division between the two of you. And that's not the goal, right? And so I think walking away cordially and um, at some point, you, again, you can't control them. You can only control you. And I think there is an element of like, at what point is this no longer a safe environment for me to uh, expose myself to? I mean, be careful of that because we can take that to extremes. But we can also be careful to not acknowledge it at all to like, man, if this is something that's like, 
um, actually like hurting you in the process or, um, you know, hurting the situation. At that point, it's like, hey, this is just not helpful for, for me. It's not helpful for where I'm at. It's not helpful for the way that I'm even viewing you at this point. And I don't want to view you that way. I love you. I care about you. I want to be there for you. And so I just think at this point, we got to agree to disagree and let's just part ways. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And it brings up kind of the point of in all that you're describing, you're not you're not giving up your righteous perspective or your righteous point that you are innocent. Right. Cause like I've heard other Christians argue that, you know, you just need to take it. Like you just need to uh, concede, 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 concede. And what I've found is that that generally just brews bitterness in your heart. Cause you're like, you're trying to, you're trying to turn the other cheek. You're trying to, you know, be faithful and you've gotten this advice to just concede. But all it really does is keep kind of stabbing you in the heart, so to speak. And it doesn't really produce any any reconciliation or any potential for it. And so you're kind of left in the situation where the person thinks like they were right all along and thinks that, oh, you're just conceding, sure. conceding, conceding. What you're describing is not that. It's, hey, stick up for yourself, but do it gently, do it winsomely like Jesus does. Right. And at some point, just walk away. No doubt. And I think, you know, we live in a Christian culture where we kind of operate in two extremes. It's either lay everything down you know, and just and and have no no backbone, no spine, which is not what we see in scripture. Um, or on the other side, it's like I'm driving my stake in the ground and I'm unmovable. And I think both of those are dangerous places to be. I think we need to find a middle ground to say, hey, I can hold on to my truth that I believe about my character and, and my integrity and my conscience, but at the same time be very loving in the way that I address it. I think part of the problem why these things go south is defensiveness brews and defensiveness is not helpful at all that 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 streams up in you and in them animosity so you want to diffuse and disarm the situation and so you want to try to meet them with empathy uh, and consideration and love while at the same time holding to your position to be true and i would say secondly listening for areas that may have been misleading or maybe where you've been wrong and so you're not compromising your character i don't think there's anywhere or any way that you should point to like hey i'm going to compromise my character um, at the same time, I think we've got to be really careful that we're not like, you You came at my character and bow all up and just kind of, you know, we, we see people come at Jesus' character a lot and he stays very calm and collect. Yeah, I think keeping calm, everyone knows that feeling if you lose calmness and you, you feel it kind of in your chest, like I'm, I'm a buck up right now. And I mean, it, what, what you just said is really good, right? You You go back to the core of Christianity and that is, you know, you have one side of Christianity that will say that is all grace, all love and no truth. You have another side that's all truth, no grace, no love. And the call of Christianity, a lot of times in the practical day to day is grace and truth in the middle, finding that middle ground. And so I think that's perfectly applicable to this situation. Are there any last like pastoral pieces of advice for people? You know, this was a question from a member at our church who is going through a situation that is they're struggling in this. What pastoral you know, maybe exhortation or guidance would you give them? Yeah, I think, you know, again, and I referenced this earlier, but Paul talks about considering uh, others' interests more important than your own. Um, And so I do think there's areas where you can look to say, is this an opportunity for me to sacrifice my preferences uh, for the sake of modeling love to you? And I do think there's an area to be able to look at that and go, man, is there a way that I could leverage this potentially? And you could still disagree. So, hey, I don't agree with what you said. I don't agree with the way that you've couched this. That said, what I want you to know is I care about you enough to say I'm going to lay down my perspective and my preferences so that I can sacrifice to serve you ultimately. Right? You want to be clear in that in that process, but I do think there's ways that we can often say, hey, we, we want to be humble, which is 
um, thinking of your your yourself rightly and uh, not always having to win. And I think that's the thing. The goal can't be I want to win an argument. That that also is is unhelpful. So I do think it's it's something worth adding in to say could this potentially since it's not a sin issue. Is it something potentially that you could sacrifice on your end for the point of loving that person more? And that doesn't mean saying you're right, I'm wrong, because again, that's not the goal of winning. It's, hey, I don't agree, but here's what I'm willing to do because I, I really, I mean, the same way Jesus laid his life down for me when I didn't deserve it, I want to lay this down for you, even though I don't feel like you deserve it in this moment, but this is kind of the steps forward. And you can't say that in a way that's like, you know, Jesus juke, stick it to him. It needs to be a place of genuine of like, man, we just can't come to grips on this. And it didn't seem like we're getting anywhere. And if you have, this is if you have to have some sort of resolution. It's like at the end of the day, I know we need a resolution here. And so this is what I'm willing to do. I want you to know that I don't agree and, and I, I don't even appreciate kind of the way you've approached this. Um, that said, I, I'm willing to surrender my rights and my privileges and my perspective here for the sake of you because I, I do want to choose to love you in this moment as an action um, rather than just kind of bucking up and never coming to uh, 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 any kind of agreement. Uh, that's really good. And thank you for sharing your thoughts on that. Um, we also really appreciate the question and hopefully this has been helpful to give uh, some guidance for this situation. Obviously, I think um, it's really helpful to pray for, for those who we're in conflict with. I think it helps work on our heart as Pastor Mike just mentioned. But hey, if you have any follow-up questions to this, please feel free to send us an email at pastormike at imageatl.com. Um, if you have any other questions regarding how to live the Christian life, send us an email and we'd love to answer those questions, but be on the lookout for our podcast every Friday and, uh, we'll talk to you next time.